Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Luke, Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bible, go ahead and go to Luke chapter 2. And verse 52. Jesus increased. How many, how many have ever heard the statement, he can't get any bigger? <laughs> well, this is not a play on that. We believe he was fully God and fully man. How many know the flesh had to grow? Have you ever heard someone say something to the effects of baby Jesus? Just come through the Christmas season. We don't get much about his childhood. We get that snapshot of him in the temple at 12, and we have a lot of fun with that. But Jesus did grow. In the flesh, he, he increased in wisdom and stature. This is the one that seems odd and in favor with God and man. Interesting to pull apart there. How did Jesus grow in favor with himself? Here's what was happening. When he was baptized of John, he told John, it must occur for all righteousness to be fulfilled. The plan. How many know there was a plan? There's been a plan all along. He wasn't growing in, he wasn't growing in favor to the, to the fact that God was beginning to like himself more. But he was shaping into the reality of what the promise and what the process was meant to be. So here we start tonight in this concept of being made for more, the strategies for reaching full potential. We've agreed together that we want to be everything that God desires for us to be. So we're going to talk tonight about seeking divine favor. That's where we're starting. Four practical ideas. Now these are practical ideas, but you're going to see they're heavily laced with scripture, and that's what we want to talk about here tonight. So if you're taking notes in the sidelines, and if anything really good comes up, please send it to me. We've got to grow in wisdom. Hopefully, nobody in here is thinking to themselves, I don't want to get any smarter. <laughs> I'm good right where I'm at. Because if you think you are, ask your spouse. <laughs> Ask your closest friend whether you need to learn anything. What was Solomon's request? Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this thy so great a people? 
Wisdom is the principal thing, the proverb says. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Solomon's request for wisdom was accompanied with wealth and with honor. How many know some people are just praying to be rich? How many know some people can't handle being rich? (laughs) There are some people that are rich and I don't know why God let them be. It's the truth, isn't it? The only way I can really understand that and make any sense of it is go back to the the psalm of Asaph when he said, I saw the prosperity of the wicked. My feet had well nigh slipped. He said, I looked at them. I I watched them. He said, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm trying to understand it. He said, until I went into the sanctuary. And I remembered therein. Praise God. We're a blessed people. But Solomon prayed for wisdom and that wisdom was accompanied with wealth and honor. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that he gives to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Find three or four people around you and ask them this. Ask them this question. What are you asking God for? Hopefully nobody got a scary answer. Let's break this down all the way simple. Since the kids are in class for the most part, some of you that are teachers in here, you've been in a situation where a kid's going, mm, uh, mm. use your words, right? Use your words. Stop saying things like it, that. If you want Kool-Aid, say you want Kool-Aid. So that I can know what I'm saying no to. If you want the candy, tell me what I'm turning down. Use your words. We pray, if we're not careful, we pray general broad prayers and hope for very specific answers. Now listen, he is infinite in his wisdom. He is perfect in his understanding. But he expects the relational value not only to come from his end but to come from ours. If you need healing for your continual headaches, don't just pray a prayer for blessing. Pray specifically against the headaches. If you get them every day after you scream at somebody, number one, stop screaming at them. (laughs) Number two, pray specific for what you need. He might tell you, well, never mind. Grow in wisdom. What are practical ways that we grow in wisdom? We cannot understand a word that we do not spend time in. I cannot overemphasize this, folks. Thank God for the, I believe in the King James Version, okay? It's what I read from, it's what I preach from, it's what I teach from. And I've taught on this before, but I want to make sure in case anybody hasn't heard this. If you cannot understand it, you need to compare it to a version you can understand. Oh, I got some doubters. How are 
how are we supposed to live what we cannot comprehend? And listen, I don't want you to call me about every verse you don't get. See Dr. Google first. He's a, he's, a, he's a great help most of the time. Be careful. Be careful what you trust on Wikipedia. <laughs> okay? But we need to be able to read. We need to be able to understand. If you need help on finances, okay, you don't call your drunk uncle that's been kicked out of his last three places. He has more pairs of shoes than he has credit. You don't call him for financial advice. Right? Try to set up a conversation with someone that's been successful. Here's, here's a crazy idea. Maybe go get a book. <gasps> are they still doing those? They are. Still printing them. Printing, printing is still happening. They tried to take everything digital, and then the next generation came on board and said, we want print stuff. Thank God. Something about the feeling of a book in your hand. If you're an online person, that's fine. Doesn't matter, but find something. You gather wisdom from those who are experts in the area, and you try to glean. Now that's on the practical things of life. How many times do we miss the fact that spiritual and, and, and human, they're often running parallel, okay? So when it comes to spiritual things, let's take this one step further in the growth and wisdom. If you want to know more about the depth of God, you have to dig in Scripture and you have to dig in prayer. Can I tell you something? Oftentimes when I'm digging in prayer, I will take a written resource on ways to unlock my prayer. I've got all kinds of books on how to pray different, better. So what are you talking about? We pray all the time. There are people that have tapped into dimensions in prayer that I have not yet tapped into. Brother Turner, there are times I go through the principles of like E.M. Bounds, and I walk through some of those books on prayer. I go back. I read that one by Sister Haney years ago. Um, who was it? T.W. Barnes. I, I, I go through some of these old books, and unfortunately, a lot of our powerful books on prayer are really dated. I didn't think to say that until I'm saying all these authors out loud. We need a new generation rising up, unlocking the power of prayer. Get some corn in the crib in our prayer life and be able to write on the power of prayer. Amen. To gain wisdom, though, you've got to ask it intentionally from God. Let's talk about seeking divine favor. Number two, growth in stature. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things which is the head, even Christ. I've got to grow in stature. Let's pause, let's pause here for a second. I know that we know this, but let's make sure we're on the page. If you stick around very long, there will be a new doctrine introduced. You have heard it in your life. I have heard it in mine. There have been those who come, and it typically comes in the form of a question. Something like this. Do you really think? 
Do you know sin is typically introduced via question? It is. And in fact, it's how the first sin entered the world, right? When that subtle serpent came to Eve, what was his words? Hath God said? Has God questioned? He was not questioning. Honestly, he was not questioning what God said. He was questioning her interpretation of what God said. How much flexibility, not the finality of his voice, how much flexibility is there in your interpretation? That's something to cling to right there. How much flexibility is there in your interpretation of what God is speaking to you personally? How much flexibility is there in what God is speaking to you? Because if I take a look at the current culture, Brother Healy, if I take a look at at, at what is being promoted to our children, or if I I back down just a little bit to our teens and even preteens, and I look at the absolute onslaught of marketing for vaping, that's not cigarettes. Oh, pastor, how does that fit into this conversation? Has God said? Show me the scripture where it says, Yea, verily, thou shalt not vape. And I'm not, I'm not meaning to offend anybody that currently you're battling addiction or you're dealing with that. But I am going to tell you, if we're not careful, it won't be about the finality of God's word. It will be about how we rationalize and justify how we interpret God's word. My desire for you is that you live a successful life, but we cannot grow a successful life based on comparison against someone else. Brother Massengale cannot find his true stature by weighing it or looking at it or or auditing it against Brother Myers. Brother, Ma- Brother Martin and Brother Mathis can't sit across the pew and, 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 and try to determine, well, this is where I'm at spiritually based on where Brother Martin is. And, and Brother Martin look back and say, well, this is where I'm at. No, no, no. You've got to weigh that against the Word of God. To grow in stature means that the thing, because here it is, and this is what we watch, and this is what I found out for years, the things that sway you will be different than the things that sway them. The things that maybe I would consider being enticed by, Brother Watkins, they might be totally different for you. So I have to get to a place where I am growing in stature, where I am strengthening my time, and the only way I can strengthen my belief and my trust in the doctrine is to actually myself have a relationship with doctrine. Because, listen folks, it is one thing to clap about here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It is another thing to defend it when you get challenged. It really is. It is one thing for me to get up and, 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 and here we go on a Sunday night and talk about the powerful oneness of God. And somebody go, wow! It's totally different than when a coworker walks up to you and says, I don't even, what, explain that. Uh, Call my pastor. That's why we we teach young people, right? We teach young people, the young young people that you're parenting or grandparenting and this generation that's coming up, we teach them, don't say that you live this way, dress this way, talk this way, act this way because your mom makes you or because your pastor makes you. 
Do it because you have, you, you have grown and you're growing in your stature and you're taking a, a, a look at the word of God and you're understanding that, that lifestyle disciplines matter and separation of the sexes, gender distinction matters. And my God have mercy, modesty matters. I don't need to be rude, but I see people on a regular basis that I'm thinking, there's no way you looked in the mirror and thought, yep. This is it. Okay? We're trying to be right. Now listen, I know it happens. Some of us have been guilty of that. Well. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your virtue faith. Watch this, watch this growth here, this process. Add to your virtue faith, and, and to, and, and, or to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. How many know you struggle with patience? How many feel like a patient when you're trying to be patient? <laughs> mm, mm. It's just the truth. But he said, you don't even get to stop there. Add to your patience godliness. If I'm ever actually displaying patience, I feel like I am being godly. Add to your patience godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Or love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren, catch that, or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, this is a continual growth process. This is a continual succession. Lest we ever think we have arrived. Brother Markey, I don't, I, don't, I don't ever get to a place where I get to think, I made it. I made it. If you're anything like me, you still wake up on a regular basis and you're like, I have so far to go. Right? Let me tell you about patience. Let me tell on myself right now. We chose to buy a home right where they were, they were tearing everything up to make a road from Bloomington to Indianapolis. <laughs> left that out. And so as a part of that, they're building a new uh, housing development. They're building it bigger and everything. And I was in a rush and I, I, I have a tendency to do that. And I was in a rush to try to get between the two spots, A and B. And I'm, I'm driving down the road and right in the middle of the main road, there is a, there's a, a, a piece of heavy equipment that would go to the, all the way to the ceiling. And it's dragging a big old tree that they had been clearing out. I'm sitting there. Got this little old guy with his hard hat on. Got a stop sign. <laughs> and I sat there. Brother Vito, I was good for like 37 seconds. I was good. But then I started doing one of these. 
Jesus, 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 Jesus. How many ever had to just pray yourself through? Come on, am I being honest? I just, Jesus. Jesus, take the wheel. That's why I started praying. I, <laughs> you know what I did? I'm embarrassed. I'm going to tell you. It didn't look like it was going any, any faster. Brother Romine didn't look like it was going to speed up. So I waited and I pulled up. I pulled a U-turn. I went back out on the main road. Went down two exits. Came back down the side road. And when I got to the road I was turning on, the cars that had been waiting had already gone. I, remember, I, I was driving, trying to convince myself you made the right choice. While I knew the whole time if you'd have been a little more patient. If you'd have been a little more patient. But how many knows that at times, I'm not saying God set that up, but I will tell you this, at times God is trying to help us grow, but growth is tough. Growing pains are tough. Just because you get a little bit older doesn't mean that the growing pains will stop. I've got to continue to grow. Leonard Ravenhill, the renowned British evangelist, I love that little story here in the book, reportedly told a story about a group of tourists visiting that picturesque village who walked by an old man sitting beside a fence in a patronizing way. One tourist asked, uh, hey, hey, were any great men born in this village? And the old man said, nope, just babies. Everybody starts somewhere. Great, greatness is not accidental. Great in the things of the world, in things of finance, in things of God. Greatness is not accidental. You know what's not going to happen for anybody in this house? Nobody is going to back up accidentally and be like, I made it. Have, hey, Jesus, I can't believe I'm here. If you make it, it's going to be intentional. Turn to your neighbor, tell him he's talking to you right now. <laughs> Number three, growth in favor with God. Samuel listened to God and he served the people in the church. The child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men, 1 Samuel 2.26. How many recognize that Mary was humble and obedient, which led to her ability to be used? Therefore, the angel came to her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, Luke 1 and 28. There's a lot, a lot in that statement. Thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. And I'm going to tell you that the second part of that sentence fragment would denote or exclude the first part if that comma were not there in the English language because you are not highly favored unless the Lord is with thee. Mm-hmm. But blessed art thou among women. Now I will say while it was going to mag be magnificent in the long term, her, her short term reputation was about to take a hit. And many of us in here have found that with a certain crowd, if you're really going to do something great for God and really have the favor of God, oftentimes your short-term reputation takes a hit amongst some. you got to outlast the naysayers. 
You just do. You got to outlast them. That is a part of growth. It is growing in favor with God. He hath showed us thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee. Here's what he said. If you want to grow in favor, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. Pentecostals, let me talk to you, Calvary. I know we love that Acts 1-8 power statement. But some of us have to employ the power to be humble. Just because we're powerful does not mean we're always right. But I've got to do justly. I've got to walk humbly with, watch this, with thy God. Link up with him. When you're truly walking with God, it won't be as hard to be humble. It's when you try to get out in front of him that you, you struggle. Say, so, well, Pastor Carson, I, I, I'm going to tell you right now. Let me, let me address this. There is a difference between being humble um, and having false humility. Well, I, I just... I'm so glad to be here. To put, lift your chin. Lift your head up. You're a child of God. How many have seen somebody using false humility and you knew it wasn't true? That's annoying. You know what false humility is? It's arrogance. It's arrogance in another way. But let me tell you, there's also a difference between arrogance and confidence. Arrogant people have a hard time truly being used for the kingdom of God. But confident people are a necessity for the kingdom of God. It's a type. Let me tell you this. You being confident in who you are and who your God is will set you up for some people to call you arrogant. I had somebody tell me one time I was just a, I was a young preacher. Maybe I, maybe I was a little arrogant. I wasn't trying to be. But maybe I was. I preached something and somebody said something about it. And I said, thank you. And somebody accused me of being arrogant. And, and, and I, said, I said, I'm sure trying not to be arrogant, but I am confident. Because if, if I'm not confident as a young preacher in who I am, I'm going to get eaten alive. Because you're not there with me when I'm fighting devils. And you're not there with me when I'm defending the oneness to groups of people. And you're not there with me when I'm talking to family members who want to walk away from truth. So don't come Johnny come lately and accuse me of arrogance when I'm trying to walk in the confidence. So let me tell you what you have to do. You have to be bold in who you have been called to be. Be confident in the fact that you are growing with God and growing in favor with God. You do have to walk humbly with God. But when you walk with God, you learn the identity that God has for you, that you have become joint heirs. Amen? Praise God. Grow in favor with others. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Brother and Sister Fridley, we're so glad to have them back in Indianapolis. I look out here and I see them. We're so glad that you're back with us in Indianapolis. We honor you. We say welcome home.
we were, we were talking about this in the office here a while, a uh, couple weeks ago, talking about planting churches out there in, um, in the Utah area, in Salt Lake area. And we were talking about some of the people that you reach for and some of that process and what that looks like. It does not do good just to get up and scream that you got the truth. <laughs> you got to find favor with men. How many know that you find favor with people by meeting them at their level? Coming to where they are, finding common ground with folks. We cannot be intimidated if someone does not look like us, talk like us. We find favor with them intentionally. We're finding favor with God. We're walking with God, but then we're finding favor with, with men. We are, we are taking uh, mercy and truth, and we're not forsaking them, but rather binding them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thy heart. W listen, folks, we've got to stay well acquainted with mercy. Mercy and truth, they're necessary. We have got to have both. We've got to keep a firm grip on mercy and truth. We cannot build a great church in Indianapolis at the expense of either. Well, I'd rather, I'd rather you just preach hard truth. Well, he doesn't want me to give up one or the other. I got I to gotta, I gotta be reaching for both constantly. Because I'm going to tell you, here's, here's how it really boils down. You don't get truth without mercy. Preach the truth. You want to preach the truth? The truth starts with the cross. Ah, amen. Mercy and truth. That's how, I, that's how I grow in favor with others. And number two, learn from the pain. You don't have to go looking for pain. Pain will find you. Amen. You don't have to go looking for sickness. You don't have to go looking for offense. You don't have to go look. No, 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 no. You don't. You don't have to go looking for, you don't have to go looking for hurt. Nope. It'll find you. It won't even knock on the door. It'll just come in. <laughs> it will find you. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as a, of a contrite spirit. That's why when, when Brother McDore was uh, up here speaking here at prayer tonight and this precious woman who is in pain. We don't know her name, don't know the situation. He couldn't share it if he did know it. But here she is in her house. I don't know where she's living. Never been to Methodist before. But from her house, God hear me right now. And the Lord, as personal as he is, said, here's the hospital. Here's what you ask. She picks up the phone. She goes through the phone book, gets Methodist, calls in. How? In a hospital full of all those people, does she get him and say, the Lord told me that an apostolic preacher was Because the Lord saveth. He does hear you. You don't have to look for pain, but you do have to look for God in your pain. I don't, have to, I don't have to go searching for hurt. Hurt found me, but I can choose whether I worship the idol of hurt or I take my hurt and I set it at the feet of Jesus. That's my choice. Praise God. Four concepts of learning from the pain. Do these quickly here. Pain motivates change. We know that to be true. Let's read it from James' perspective. My brethren... 
Count it all joy. What? No, thank you, James. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. You ever read some things and you're like, hmm, if you'd have kept that out. Count it all joy. Why? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. Don't do a U-turn. <laughs> let patience have her perfect work that she may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Now, I tried to have a humorous illustration of that U-turn, but I can tell you, while that might not have mattered very much, I've watched a lot of friends over the years get impatient because they didn't think the church was moving fast enough, and they did a U-turn on everything and tried to cut out a whole scenario and thought the tradition didn't matter anymore and thought the elders had missed it. And There are no shortcuts to salvation. There's not. We've got to have patience. We've, we've got to let it work in us. I grew up in Illinois, so I loved this little story. I, I had to add it. He, he had it here in the book, Bear's Defensive Lineman William. We just called him the fridge. William the fridge Perry could face anybody on that field. I can remember as a kid and the stories and the highlights and the reels, but he was afraid to visit a dentist. Some of y'all could say amen to that. Hate going to the dentist. Sorry if there's any dentists in here. We love you. We pray blessing on you in the name of the Lord. <clears throat> he was so scared of going to the dentist. He had teeth falling out. I don't mean to be gross here, but his mouth was so full of infection. He'd be pounding pills to keep the pain from the infection until a local Chicago dentist offered to do a free, knock him out, <laughs> and do a free $60,000 surgery. The guy who didn't want to go get his teeth cleaned had them all pulled because the pain became so excruciating that it drove him. How many have we, we have found out, haven't we, that desperation will cause us to do things. Desperation will cause us to a place in prayer. That's why often we try, to pay we try to pray quickly out of pain that is actually drawing us closer to God. C.S. Lewis said, uh, we can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists on being attended to. God whispers to us in pleasure, but he shouts in our pain. Mm. Hardship improves character number two. To read from Hebrews here. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. How many would, how many would just agree with me? You'd like your character to grow. No one wants your character to tap out at like 13. You want to continue to grow. Look, look over here, Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, this is Christ, unto him that was able to save from death and was heard in that 
he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by things which he suffered. We're dealing with this flesh growth situation. We're, we're learning about the, 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 the truth of the flesh, character, growing, strengthening. If it be possible, let this cup. But we got to try. How many know it is tough to get the character of my flesh in alignment with the will and the purpose of God? It's a constant, it's a constant battle. But it's how we learn from the pain. Because while it is unfortunate, some of the most difficult seasons in my life, some of the most raw seasons of pain that I have walked through have become some of the greatest mountaintops to preach from. Suffering binds us to Christ. Isaiah, that great prophet, he's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. What did Paul say to that church? Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 records that I may know him. I love that first part. (laughs) That's Sunday night church. I want to know him. Paul, stop there. Nope. The power of his resurrection, which we know you only get a resurrection if you've had a death, and the fellowship of his sufferings. The fellowship of his sufferings. It is an honor. It is an honor to suffer with him. You realize that this very moment we've got people whose lives are on the line in countries around the world just for mentioning his name. Oh God. God forgive us. Forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. If we got dusty Bibles and unthankful hearts, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. Oh God, check our hearts, check our minds, check our spirits. Help us not be overwhelmed because we've had a bad day because the, uh, something small or minuscule happened while there are people suffering for the gospel of Christ. Oh, in Jesus' name, John 14. 16 through 18, pray to the Father. He'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye, ye know him. Jesus said he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you been teaching the college some of the freshmen got 88 students in that class and we're teaching through acts right now and that, that that's right where we're at in this concept uh, of the actual translation it's it's basically telling them there's a trade that is about to happen i'm leaving i'm i'm, I'm leaving you but the comforter is coming he's trying to convince them I know it's hard for you because you can see me in the physical but i'm about to give you the better end of this deal What? I know, I know you can see me physically and I've been with you, but I'm going to be in you. And so when you suffer, you don't have to suffer alone. How many have found him to be that friend that sticks closer 
at a brother and I, I was in pain, but I've never known pain without him. He's, even when I felt like I couldn't feel Christ, all of a sudden there'd be a warm breeze from heaven blow into my house. And out of nowhere, some of you have went for long seasons where you couldn't feel God, couldn't touch God. And then all of a sudden, like, he knows where we are. Suffering binds us to Christ and endurance leads us to victory. Stand with me, endurance Endurance leads us to victory. Hear me very clearly, please, right now. Do not let the pain make you a quitter. Do not let the pain make you a quitter. I know the pain of physical health. I know the pain of loss, close loss. I know that there is pain mentally, emotionally. And I understand there is real pain, but you hear me. He that endureth. Man, I know it's Wednesday. I feel like telling somebody, you can do this. You can make it. You can live for God. My, my, my. 